Radio. You're listening to PetLifeRadio.com. You've had a long day at work, and you can't wait to just get home, take off your shoes, plop yourself down in your favorite chair, and relax. You walk up to your tranquil residential home and your neatly manicured lawn in your quiet suburban neighborhood, put the key in the lock, open the door, and... Yes, the pets have gone wild! What were you thinking? Welcome to the show about everything you always wanted to know about exotic pets. Where to get them, what to feed them, and how to care for them. You'll even find out why some people live with a monkey. Now, here's your host, exotic pet expert and author, Bob Tart. Hey, Bob, what were you thinking? Hi, I'm Bob Tart, author of the books Enslaved by Ducks and Foul Weather. I'd like to start out by thanking all my listeners for making Enslaved by Ducks the number one best-selling pet bird book on Amazon for, well, for at least one day last week. But uh, that's pretty good. I'm happy about that. And uh, everybody, don't forget about the sequel to Enslaved by Ducks, which is Foul Weather. What Were You Thinking is devoted to exotic pets. And this usually means any pet except a dog or a cat. But let me ask you a question. What could be more exotic than a dog who walks on wheels? <laughs> yeah, that's, that's pretty exotic. This, our, our guest this week owns such a dog, and in fact, she has written a wonderful book about her dachshund, Frankie. My guest is Barbara Teckel. Barbara, let me introduce you a little bit. Uh, Barbara is the author of the multi-award-winning book, Frankie, The Walk and Roll Dog. I just love that title. <laughs> That's great. Uh, she wrote the children's book in order to give hope and inspiration to everybody who faces challenges of, of any kind. Barbara's lifetime love of animals led her to realize that Frankie's paralysis was actually an opportunity and it's an opportunity for her to spread a positive message and wait until you read the book because boy boy is is this a wonderful book barbara receives constant compassionate reactions when she's out with frankie in her local town in wisconsin people are fascinated by the little dog with tires and they frequently ask barbara well what what happened to frankie the warmth kindness and encouragement from strangers as well as family and friends led Barbara to write this which is her first children's book and it's done great Frankie the walk and roll dog has received many awards and honors since being published in 2008 I'm, I'm going to list a few of them it won the national best book award by USA book news for children's picture books the Mariel Human Animal Bond Award from Dog Writers Association of America. Did I pronounce that right? You did. Okay. okay. Uh, Editor's Choice Award from All Books Review. Indie Excellence Awards finalist. That was Barbara. And also, Frankie has just turned 10, I believe. She will turn 10 on the 20th. Okay. Happy birthday, Frankie. <laughs> And he was inducted into, she was inducted, I'm going to have trouble with this, it's <laughs> Francesca, i got to yes, keep remembering, yes. Francesca was inducted into the 2009 Wisconsin Pet Hall of Fame. A little bit more about Barbara, Barbara is a contributing writer for the Depot Dispatch in, what's your, what's your hometown again, Barbara? It is Elkhart Lake, Wisconsin. Okay, and is that where the paper is? Yes. Mm -hmm. All right, and she writes about what she loves best, which is animals. 
Barbara and Frankie also volunteer as a therapy dog team visiting the elderly hospitals and hospice, and we are going to find out more about that. Barbara is also editor for the Elkhart Lake Friends of the Library newsletter, and you've got a website, right? Yes, I do. And the website, the URL is joyfulpause.com. That's all one word, and that's also a way to get to your blog, isn't it? Correct. Okay, and what what is the URL for your blog? Or should people just go to Joyful? You just go to Joyful Pause, and there's a link to my blog right on there. Okay, and you will also find Barbara on Facebook, which is how I met her. And I think we have a friend in common. I think uh, you're friends with uh, Care Ariel Wolf. Yes. Yeah. Oh, she's great. Fantastic. Can you tell me a little bit about? Uh, let's go way back to the beginning of the story. Mm-hmm. You had a very nice dog at the time named Cassie. What kind of dog was Cassie? Cassie was a chocolate lab. Chocolate lab. What motivated you at that point to get a second dog? Well, I had Frankie at the time with with Cassie. Oh, you had Frankie all along? Correct. I had Cassie first, and then, um, oh gosh, I'm trying to think how old. I think Cassie was about six when I got Frankie. Okay, so that was my question, was you already had Cassie, so did you decide Cassie needed companionship, or or what was your thinking? Oh, no, I just decided I needed a dog soon. (laughs) Okay, well, you're... no good reason for it, I just wanted one. (laughs) Yeah, you're you're talking to somebody with too many ducks and geese and hens to count and uh, five cats, so uh, I'm with you. You understand. Uh, I understand. Why a dachshund? I really, I just... I mean, this is really not a good reason, really, when I'm, if I'm talking to children. You really need to make sure you know the breed and, you know, that you can take care of it and everything. But I really don't know a good answer to that. In fact, it's, it's kind of funny because my husband said to me, why do you want, you know, a wiener dog? That's the nickname for them. And right. I said, I said, I don't know, but I just do. And when I look back on everything that's happened in my life since 2004, I really know now that there was a bigger plan at work. Right. I was meant to have her, and she was the one I was meant to have. So you just at some point got the idea in your mind that that was the kind of dog you were looking for. I did, and as my husband will attest to, when I get something in my head, I will follow through I'll follow through with it no matter what it takes. Yeah, good for yeah, you. Yeah. And where did you find Frankie? I found Frankie in a town about two and a half hours away from where I live. And the last one of the litter mm-hmm. left, and just the cutest little peanut. I really had no plans of taking her home that day when I went to see her, um, but I fell head over heels in love with her when I saw her, and she just had to come home with me. Yeah, what was it that immediately attracted you to Frankie? Oh, you know, that's really hard to say because I am such an animal lover. I mean, I cannot walk down the street and if a dog's coming towards me, I cannot not say hi to that dog and pet that dog and find out about the dog. So it's just in my nature. It's who I am. But, you know, Frankie, I mean, it's hard to resist a little wiener dog puppy. <laughs> <laughs> she, she was quite a little thing then, wasn't she? Yeah, she was about the size of a guinea pig when I brought her home. Oh, good grief. Yeah, little, little. Very cute. Wow. And so, for a while, all was well as far as Frankie's health. It was. She was, you know what, she was a great dog. She had nothing, nothing major happened to her, um, you know, for like the first six years of her life. It was great. And then what happened? Um, well, Cassie Joe had actually passed away from um, terminal bone cancer when uh, Cassie was 10 years old. And shortly after that, I did get a yellow lab, Kylie, who's three and a half now. And interestingly enough, about a month and a half before Frankie's major accident with her back issue, 
um, the lab, the new little lab puppy chewed apart a rug, and unfortunately Frankie ate the the pieces from the rug that had unraveled, and she almost died at that time. Oh. Um, I had to, uh, I had called the vet, and I, she was rushed into surgery because the yarn was almost winding around her intestines already. And he said I actually saved her life and got her in on time. So that was a month and a half before the spinal um, injury. Um, I was pretty concerned when that happened because I thought she just had major surgery and now she's going to go through another major surgery. But obviously she came out, you know, very well and is doing extremely well. Yeah. Uh, why don't you talk a little bit about what actually happened to her, her um, sure. the back problem? Well, um, first of all, what I ended up learning is this is actually a disease in the breed. It's called intervertebral disc disease, or for short, they call it IVDD. And because of their long spines, their little discs in their back can degenerate over time. And so Frankie was staying at a kennel um, here in Wisconsin. My husband and I were on vacation in Florida. And when she was in the kennel, her, her lab sister, Kylie, who was six months old at the time, was next to her. Um, in a separate kennel, and the kennel owner always keeps a container within the kennel with dog food and extra blankets and things, and what we think happened, you know, we don't know for sure because nobody saw it, but we think Frankie tried to jump up onto that container, and it was tipped over when Yvonne went back out to check on her, and so she hit the cement, her back end did. It wasn't a big fall, You you know, if you think of a Rubbermaid container, it's not that tall but she wasn't moving her back end at that point. And so you think it was a combination of her having the disc problem? Well, I'm sure it, you know, I, I believe that, yeah, I believe it's because of the IVDD, and I believe it was just a matter of time when it was going to happen. Mm-hmm. It's unfortunate that it happened at the kennel because the poor kennel owner still has, you know, a hard time dealing with the fact that it happened there, yeah. even though it's not her fault. You know, this was going to happen. This is very common in the breed, and um, it just happened to happen there. Right. And so you rushed home from Florida. Yeah, we were there a day. <laughs> oh, dear. We had drove, taken two days to drive down there, and we're there a day staying with my mom, and uh, got the call actually on Easter Sunday. And uh, we uh, rushed back home. You know, it took us two days, but she had to be in the in the clinic anyways to uh, recoup, so she was in the best place she could be. And did you know at the time that it was pretty serious? Oh, yeah. When, when I got the call from, from the first, or from the vet at the um, hospital where she was going to have the surgery, the vet at the time said a 10% chance of walking again, even with the surgery. Mm-hmm. So I was pretty crushed, and I really didn't even know if I was going to go through with the surgery at that point, because I thought, wow, those are just terrible odds. You know, and I really thought my only option was going to be then to have to put her to sleep. Yeah. And then when the surgeon called back after they did the myelogram, which is a, it's a dye they inject into their spines to see where the disc is ruptured, when she called back, she said a 10 to 30% chance. Mm-hmm. Now, that still wasn't too great, but what was, um, you know, I had a lot of questions going through my head if Frankie didn't walk again, you know, what was her life going to look like? How would she be? And that's when the surgeon told me about the little dog carts, the little wheel Because uh. I didn't even know about them at that point. I had no idea. And I couldn't even picture what it would look like, but she said it was similar, you know, like a wheelchair for people, 
but they're for dogs. Mm -hmm. And she was very confident and assured me that if Frankie didn't walk on her own again, that she would really get along really well in the dog cart and not to worry about that. Now, Frankie was getting some kind of therapy, though, to try and yeah, see after, if... Yeah, after the surgery, um, for a couple of weeks, she had to um, not really move at all. We had to, you know, keep her in a crate and, um, so she could heal. But then I did a lot of research on IVDD and found out that physical therapy could help. And the hard part was where I, I live kind of in a remote area in a small little village of about 1,200 people, and the closest place was about two hours away that did physical therapy. And so then I, I approached my local vet and I said, I'm willing to learn if, if a vet will teach me some things. So um, when she was... Uh, it was uh, probably about three weeks after her surgery we made the trip to a city about two hours from us and that's where the vet, the specialist, she's actually um, a specialist in spinal injuries. She taught me different things I could do for Frankie. And what kind of effect did that have? Well, <laughs> unfortunately it didn't really have any effect. Okay, because I'm asking because there's one part in your book where Frankie's narrating the book, and we'll talk about yeah. that because that's marvelous. But Frankie says, I start to use my back legs again. Right. That is after, I'm trying to think, that's about six months after um, she's actually gotten hurt and has had her cart that she starts to actually try to use her legs again. And what it, what it is is she sort of like drags her back end. Mm -hmm. And then sometimes if she's very motivated, usually when it's food time, <laughs> time mm -hmm. to eat, She'll actually pull herself up and she can sort of hop like a rabbit. Okay. So as far as the physical therapy, I would really say what did help with that, um, you know, at the time when I was going through it, my ultimate goal was to get her to walk, obviously. Mm -hmm. But what was good about the physical therapy was that it did keep her, her leg muscles strong so she didn't have muscle atrophy. Oh, okay. And then with getting her the cart, the vet felt that would really encourage her to try and use her back legs and actually her cart is more like a therapy cart and you will sometimes see her back legs move when she's in her cart mm -hmm. and they call that spinal walk and with an animal because when their front legs go their back legs will automatically follow along ah. but because her spine isn't strong enough and has been injured um, the, the cart supports her spine you know, and keeps it in alignment and everything. So that's probably very good for the muscles to... Oh, it's very good. Yeah, you wouldn't know looking at Frankie when she's... I mean, she's sitting next to me as I'm talking to you. You wouldn't know looking at her legs while she's curled up in her little bed that she has partial paralysis. You wouldn't have a clue. Well, we're going to take a quick break. I can't believe we're at the just about the 15-minute mark That's already. Like <laughs> yeah, uh, but we'll be right back. And if uh, anyone hears a cat in the background, that's uh, <laughs> Tina, one of five. So thanks, Tina, for uh, coming on the show. So we will be right back. Just hang on. What Were You Thinking? We'll be right back after Bob gets the ducks out of his living room. Don't go away. your dog some thought with dog thoughts it's the iphone application that everyone's talking about hey, what do you think of this a man in davis california says he's invented an application for the iphone that claims it can read your dog's mind huh? no it's true i read about it on my cat's twitter page that's why 
Jay Leno talked about it, CBS reported on it, and now you can see what all the buzz is about. Created just for dog lovers, Dog Thoughts makes taking photos of your furry best friend more fun. Shake your dog and read his mind. On your iPhone, of course. Take a pic of your pup, shake your phone, and watch as his thoughts appear on the screen. Does he have a bone to pick with you, or is he having a tail-wagging day? Get your Dog Thoughts iPhone app today. Just 99 cents. Go to PetLifeRadioPromotions.com. That's PetLifeRadioPromotions.com. Welcome to Pet Planet. Here's a copy of Pet Planet Magazine, Florida's most informative and fun pet resource magazine. It features heartwarming stories and informative articles from local and national pet experts. Excellent. Pet Planet Magazine offers Operation Planet Rescue, helping rescued pets find new homes. And it's available at 500 locations in South and Central Florida and 24-7 on the Internet at PetPlanetMagazine.com. If you're out and about with your pet, you may be featured in Paparazzi, Candid Pictures of You and Your Pet. For up-to-date pet-friendly events, activities, and pet-related services and products, Pet Planet Magazine is your final destination. I shall take this magazine home with me. Back to your home planet? No, to my condo in Boca. Pet Planet Magazine. Check them out at www.petplanetmagazine.com or 352-394-8578. It's out of this world. It's time for school for you and your friends, your furry best friends. Train your dog the fun and easy way with Teacher's Pet Sessions. Teacher's Pet host Pia Silvani teaches you step-by-step how to train your dog the fun and easy way. You get eight 30-minute live audio training sessions, complete transcripts of each session, plus a basic training manual to get you and your dog off to a great start. Training begins the moment you bring your dog home. Teacher's Pet Sessions offers positive reinforcement training to shape your dog's behavior and encourages upbeat, enthusiastic responses to ensure that your dog will enjoy learning. Teacher's Pet Sessions dog training is fun at both ends of the leash. So listen, learn, and laugh with your dog with Teacher's Pet Sessions. Get your copy of Teacher's Pet Sessions Volume 1 today. To order, go to TeachersPetSessions.com. Hi, this is Pia Salvani, your host. Bring your dog, tug toy, and treats, and get ready to have some fun. TeachersPetSessions.com Coast to coast and around the world, it's All Behave with Arden Moore. Find out why cats and dogs do the things they do, and get the latest buzz from wagging tongues and tails in Rin Tin Tinseltown. From famous pet experts and best-selling authors to television and movie stars, you'll get great tail-wagging pet tips and have a fur-flying fun time. All Behave with America's pet edutainer, Arden Moore. Every week on demand, this is the place for a special paparazzi treat. Only on PetLifeRadio.com. Let's talk pets. Let's talk pets. On Pet Life Radio. PetLifeRadio.com. Pet okay, ducks are in the pond, rabbits in his hutch, and monkeys. Ow! In my car! Oh, okay, well, I go check my insurance policy. We'll turn you back over to Bob. Hi, I'm uh, Bob Tart, and I am back with Barbara Teckel 
who is author of the wonderful book, Frankie, the Walk and Roll Dog. And we're talking about Frankie and her recovery after an accident and a spinal problem. Uh, how did Frankie adjust when you first put her on? What's, what's the name of the wheeled cart? Is, is there a name for that product? Well, her cart came from a company called Eddie's Wheels, and they do refer to them as dog carts. Dog carts. Yep. And how did she adjust when she first tried the wheels? Well, it's interesting because um, when I first put her in the little wheels, I really thought she was just going to do what she was supposed to do, and she didn't know what to do. <laughs> yeah. She just, she just stood there, like, still as a statue, and she wouldn't move. And I was really concerned because I thought, oh, no, I just, I mean, it's custom made for her. It fits her perfectly. And here I was going to be with this cart that she wasn't going to use, and I wasn't sure what to do. But um, it only took me like five minutes, and I realized, oh, wait, Frankie's really motivated by food. So I took little um, pieces of food, and I placed them down the front of my house down the street. And pretty soon she just, she rolled right after him, and that's all it took. <laughs> oh, boy. Do you, have, do you have video of Frankie? I bet you do on your website. You know, I don't yet. I need to do that. Yeah, I would love to see her wheeling around. I bet, yeah. I, I bet people just smile when they see that. Oh, they do. What, what kind of reactions do you get to Frankie? I, you know what? I really haven't had any negative um, response. The only thing that bothers me sometimes is people will say, poor dog. Right. And... You know, I, I just try to assure them that she's a very happy dog. Mm -hmm. That And it's what I teach kids, and it's what I tell in my talks, is I, I tell them Frankie hasn't changed at all. Yeah. You know, she's still Frankie and who she was. She just has this device to help her walk. That's all. Just I, like a person. I love the part in your book where, uh, again, it's all told through Frankie's point of view, where Frankie is hoping that people don't sort of laugh at her when she goes out in the in the wheels and i can that i know my concern <laughs> i know and dogs do have a kind of a, a sense of pride i think oh they do and i and i could really see a dog i could see that going through the dog's mind so that was really good i really like that but but you're saying that has not happened no and you know frankie i think is i really believe and maybe it's just me but i really believe this is what she was brought here to this earth to do mm -hmm. i really do because if you see her out and about, and you see her, when I take her to school, she walks down those halls like she has been there a thousand times before. <laughs> she knows what she's there for. And she is so good with the kids. It's just amazing. I would have never thought that of her before this happened. Wow. What, what kind of reaction do the, the kids have? Oh, my gosh. They love her. They just think it's so cool that she has wheels. And they're really fascinated by how she goes to the bathroom. <laughs> because she can't go on her own, and I have to help express her bladder for her. Oh, okay. And um, if anybody goes to my website and watches the video, you'll see a picture on there. I actually train Frankie to go on the toilet. Wow. So the kids think that is so cool. Yeah. And then they want a dog with wheels and they oh. want a dog that goes to the bathroom on the toilet. <laughs> <laughs> wow, that's surprising. And you, you take Frankie to hospice and to nursing homes is that right in yes. places like that tell me how that works out and what uh what kind of effect that has on the people oh my gosh that is probably some of my most rewarding work we actually go to a nursing home once a month called libby's house and in fact i was so inspired by um all the residents we met there that frankie has a second book coming out in january good um which will be based on the residents that we met but you know it's just 
All I can say is that, you know, this, you know, a lot of them are with little walkers, mm-hmm. so they can identify with her mm-hmm. and understand that we all need help in some way or another. You know, sometimes people need help more in a visible way than, than others. Um, and like going to hospice, that's really where my heart is, is just knowing that Frankie is providing someone who is in their last days and months just a little bit of joy, you know, for a few minutes. It's just so rewarding, and they just smile when they see. It's hard not to smile when you see a dog and wheels roll in. You know? <laughs> Especially they've got a big license plate on the back, and they get the biggest kick out of that. So. And it sounds like Frankie is so exuberant that that must also really come across. Yeah, and then she's just so laid back when she's in the room with somebody, and and she can actually lay down her front part of herself. And she just lays down and sits there and looks at them. And <laughs> now, how about um, handicapped kids? Have, have they met Frankie, too? They have. I would think that Frankie would really inspire them. I, I actually have a great story about that. A little boy named Jackson, um, three years old, met Frankie last Christmas. And he has a form of cerebral palsy. And he had just gotten a new brace that he needed to wear at night, and he was having trouble accepting it. And his mom just happened to be in my town visiting and found my book and brought it home for Jackson. And then he really wanted to meet Frankie. Yeah. So she emailed me and we ended up meeting. And after that meeting, um, Jackson still talks about Frankie to this day. But what's really cool is he calls his brace his Frankie brace. Wow. So he he got it. He's only three years old and he totally understood. And he tells his mom, if Frankie has to wear her brace, I have to wear mine. Yeah. Oh, that's great. Isn't that great? Yeah. You know, the... It, the story reminds me of um, Laura Backman with uh, Lemon the Duck. Oh, yes. I love that book. Yeah, and she had a similar experience with her duck who couldn't walk. Lemon had neurological problems. Yeah. It still does. And it's the same thing. She would take, uh, she had a little, um, not quite a cart, but a little contraption, uh, a, a sort of a sling for Lemon. Mm-hmm. And uh, handicapped kids would see Lemon and just, just get really inspired and think, wow, here's a duck who is uh, a little a little bit like me in some sense and, right. you know, just really changed the thinking. Does, yeah. How did How did the book come about? Well, I had been wanting to write a book, and then as, um, you know, as I started taking her out and seeing people's reaction, and, you know, I would be in my little town, we have a little farmer's market, which is very popular, actually, and I would be telling the story, you know, 10, 20 times in in three hours and and it was interesting because kids were so fascinated by her that they really inspired me and I knew I wanted to write a children's book I mean I knew I wanted to write a book but I didn't know it was going to be a children's book that's what I wanted to ask you number one is why you decided to do a children's book and what also fascinates me is why you picked Frankie's point of view oh I'll tell you why I picked Frankie's point of view (laughs) it's kind of funny number one I was really chicken to to write a book and thought because I had never done it before. But you write a column. I do. I have. I had been doing that for about three years. I only started writing um, about four or five years ago. So I didn't have the confidence level that I probably needed. And in order to take the pressure off myself, I thought to myself, well, first of all, I knew I had to write the book. I knew if I didn't, I, re- I would regret it at the end of my life, and I couldn't let that happen. I felt really strongly about it. And then when I, I thought, okay, i got to get a mindset here that, yes, I can do this. I know I can do this. Even if only one person ever reads the story, it'll be worth it. 
So then I thought, well, who better to tell the story than Frankie? Right. So then I just pretended I was her, and it was, I'm not going to say it was easy, but it took the pressure off me. And I know maybe that sounds kind of funny, but... No, I get it. It helped me. It takes one of the blocks away, doesn't it? Yeah, because, exactly. Because one thing that I, I kept thinking when I was reading it is that your difficulties as Frankie's owner, if, if that's the word, um, th those aren't in the book. It's just all about Frankie. Mm. And I thought that's pretty interesting. Mm. Well, that little dog's been through a lot. And, you know, I, I have learned so much from Frankie that, I mean, at the beginning there was, there, was a few, there was maybe a day in there where I did feel sorry for myself and everything her and I were going through. But I also decided that it, it, was, it was my, I had a choice. You know, I could be mad about this or sad about this for the rest of my life, but that wasn't going to change the outcome. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it was really up to me to look for the blessing in why this happened to her. And I just, I just feel like I owe her so much. Like, this, has been, this really has been a huge blessing in my life. It's, it has turned out more than I ever thought it would be. It's been just amazing. So what, what do you think you've learned specifically from Frankie? Oh, one of the biggest things I've learned is we're always going to have challenges. And we have a choice. We always have a choice as to how we're going to look at that challenge. And it's amazing to me when you decide to um, look at a challenge in a positive way. Mm -hmm. You think, okay, how am I going to how am I going to learn and grow from this challenge? Because mm -hmm. we aren't giving them to be punished. And it's amazing when you start to look at things that way, um, how different your life really can be. And I just I observed that from Frankie because she never felt sorry for, for herself through everything. Yeah, I'm always amazed by animals, how the worst things can happen to them. And instead of them dwelling on that or even being conscious of it so much, mm -hmm. is that they just accept that, okay, that's where I am now, and, 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 and they yeah. move on. We um, had a cat named Mooby who had a um, tumor on her shoulder. Luckily, it uh, was small enough that it could just be removed, but she had to wear one of those Elizabethan collars yeah. on her, her head for a while. And uh, if you know what those are there, the, and so she had this big plastic funnel on her head. And in the beginning, it was just terrible for her. She couldn't take two steps without it getting caught in the carpet. When she would try and walk up the stairs, it was like every stair was a wall. Right. Every step, she had to lift her head over it. And also, if she went under the dining room table, she would get stuck in the chairs. Mm. But <laughs> the thing that was hilarious was not only did she master the collar, but within oh, a week or so, she started using it as a tool. So <laughs> Linda and I would be still sleeping in the morning, and suddenly we would hear a banging on the bedroom door and she was banging the lip of the collar on the door to wake us up oh. and um <laughs> and when uh, she was she liked to pretend she couldn't eat out of her bowl and that i had to hold it for her <laughs> so that this became this is in the book i'm writing called the funnel of happiness this became oh. not a um impediment <laughs> but this became her funnel of happiness because uh, you know so many good things seem to flow through that, and uh, I'm just I'm just amazed by you know the way animals are about these things. Yeah, they they very much overcome adversity. With it's no big deal, and I I really believe that's that's why we have animals. Yeah, that's why God made them is 
And we just have to be open to what they're teaching us. I really believe that. And I was just going to ask you what kind of advice you have for people with disabled pets. And I think I think you just gave me the advice. But uh, Yeah. Well, I, I think, you know, the reason I do what I'm doing is so... Because I, I was uneducated about, you know, disc disease and everything. But um, I just want people to know that there's options out there. That, you know, putting the animal to sleep really should be the last option, if, if at all possible. And... You know, the carts are a great are a great option for these dogs. I also get a lot of um, emails from people who have really interesting experiences about an animal, mm-hmm. and they want to write a book. And you know, you did the you did it. And I'm wondering what what kind of response or advice that you would have for for people who who want to write a book about their animal. Oh, I have a great piece of advice for that. You have to make sure that you are so passionate about this that it is going to drive you through those days that are some hard days. I mean, I, I do everything for my book. I market it. I get out there and talk. I mean, I live it and breathe it 24 hours a day. Yeah, you are so good at that. Well, I'm, I'm so passionate about it. And, I, you know, I've read this before, too, and I really didn't understand it at the beginning when I was looking at doing this. But I'm telling you, you've got to really, really believe in what you're doing um, to carry you through because um, writing a book and getting it out there is a lot of work. Yeah. Writing it is easy. Getting it out there can be a little bit challenging. Yeah, in, in, in many ways that's the hard part, isn't it? Yeah, but it's, you know, there's so many, I've had so many rewarding days and those just keep pushing me forward. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for coming on the show. I really appreciate it. Let's give your website again. It is joyfulpaws.com, and I'm going to spell that because you Please. can spell pause different ways. It's J-O-Y-F-U-L-P-A-W-S. And is that the best place for people to get the book, Frankie the Walk and Roll Dog? Absolutely. It's on there. It's also available through Amazon. I know a lot of people like to shop that way, too, so it's on there as well. And l- let me say again what a wonderful book it is. Let's give your illustrator a plug, too, because she did oh, a great, it's such wonderful. a colorful book. Yes, Victoria K. Leffring. She's working on Frankie's second book right now. Oh, I can't wait. I can't wait for that. And when is that coming out? Um, I hope January of 2010. Okay. Barbara, thank you so much. I really appreciate you talking to me. And uh, if anybody wants more information, please check uh, the website, Barbara's website, which we just gave you. But you can also go to uh, PetLifeRadio.com and uh, go to my show, What Were You Thinking? And you will see a photo of Barbara and Frankie and information there. And you can also email me at Bob at PetLifeRadio.com. So thanks to everybody for listening, and thank you to my producer, Mark, and we'll see you in the next episode. Bye-bye. Thinking about buying a monkey? How about a ferret or a skunk? Then check out the show that will answer the burning questions, where do you get them? What do you feed them? How do you take care of them? And most of all, what were you thinking? With exotic pet expert and author Bob Tart, every week on demand from PetLifeRadio.com.